Hi, I'm Patrick John Fluger, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride hey shy hearts welcome to meet us at molly's episode 104 tonight we are gonna talk about the penultimate episode so these are the episodes before the finales 421 721 621 kind of the calm before the storm. We're going to get into all of it. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name's Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. So we've got a little bit of news, and then we're just going to deep dive right into everything because it's just, it's a lot. A lot of stuff went down in the penultimate episodes. I said lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Yeah, you froze for a second. I was like, uh, where'd you go? Oh. It's okay. Um, so our one bit of news, I mean, okay, so I guess there's really like two bits. Their promo photos have dropped for the finales. There's really nothing juicy in them. It's just your usual run-of-the-mill pictures. Um, there was one shot in the PD photos of Marina looking like particularly awesome with her gun. Like she looked really, really badass, but otherwise that's about that. Nothing really too juicy. <laughs> Um, elsewhere, upfronts have been going on for the past week and a half, two weeks now. Uh, if you don't know what upfronts are, they're basically like TV Christmas. Basically, all of the networks get together and they bring all the stars from their shows up to New York. And it's basically all about schmoozing with advertisers. And so they basically say, here are all of our new pilots. Here are our existing shows. Look how awesome we are. And most of the Buy ads. What? And buy ads. Buy ads, yes. Yes, please. Spend money on our network. Uh, And so NBC went, let's see, NBC went earlier this week. It was Monday, wasn't it? Monday? I think it was. Yeah, it was Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. And so NBC went earlier in the week. And from PD, it was Jesse, Tracy, and LaRoyce. I want to say Med sent Yaya, Epatha, and Oliver. Yeah. And then Fire just sent Wall or Wallace. Fire just sent Eamon. Is that I think that's about right, right? Yeah, I don't think I saw anyone else from Fire there. No, yeah, I didn't. So um Us Weekly's Emily Longaretta. She does the Lord's work. We love her. Um she did an she did a quick interview on the red carpet with Jesse and Tracy and LaRoyce just talking about the finale. Um LaRoyce basically tried to make it look like he was giving up a spoiler and then described the plot of Breaking Bad, which was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but they, um, she also asked about Upstead, which was interesting. I think Jay, Jay, Jesse, what is with me? Oh, my God. No more wine. No more wine. Um, Jesse had quickly said he's like, there's like a tease of it in the finale. So there's like a quick Upstead moment. Well, we saw that little bit in the promo. Yes, we for did. Lot, for the finale. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like quick. I like tried to even like pause it on that scene. And it's literally so quick that you can't even do that. Like, it's so quick. Mm-hmm. You can't even like pause it to get like a screenshot or anything. Like, it's that quick. Somebody gift it on Twitter. Bless whoever Somebody that was. Somebody gift it out. It's quick. It's like lightning quick. So, of I course. I know. I it's quick yeah i spent a good solid two minutes like repeatedly hitting the space bar trying to pause it at the right moment (laughs) so 
Yeah, it just looks like they're taking fire in the undercover van, and then they, like, fall to the ground or something. And, like, he grabs her. Yeah. 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 I don't know. But I love that she asked, and I think one of the things we were talking about before we even came on is just, like, it's so refreshing to see someone who actually watches these shows do an interview, and, like, that's a fan of the show do an interview, because she doesn't ask the question. Like, she asks things we actually care about. Yes. And, like, she doesn't ask things that shouldn't ever be asked again. (laughs) Right. Like, what's it like filming in Chicago? Oh, my God. How long have these shows been on air now? We like, know. It's now. cold. <laughs> it's cold. Stop yeah. asking. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Emily so is one I, of us. I, yeah. I'm excited to meet her in person at ATX. Same. So. Same, same. That'll be fun. Really, really fun. But yeah, that's about all the news we've got. I mean, there's really everything else is kind of hyping up the finale, which like we kind of have a good idea of what's happening in the weeks ahead. So but yeah, otherwise. Well, in the about, week ahead. In, in the, the week, week ahead, ahead. Not even a week the week ahead we are down to one less than a week left yes less than a week which is crazy and then uh season went so fast yeah i know crazy so crazy yes but as always guys if you see anything hear anything just send it to us you know how it is um twitter email paper airplane however you want to get us news you guys are really good about that we appreciate it but yeah, uh, let's get into the episodes because there's there's stuff to unpack. It was it was um, I wouldn't say these episodes were intense, but I would say that they were heavy. Yeah, definitely heavy. There was still a lot of stuff that happened. Um, I thought all of them were really great for penultimate episodes. Yeah. Like really great, really yeah. strong. Really great, really strong. Yeah, I'll agree with that. So we're going to start with Med and we're going to start with Connor because... It was a bad night How for can, Connor. I know. His birthday. His birthday. Just not, no. It's, I mean, it started off with promise, right? Like, casual birthday dinner with Robin. I was like, all right, like, go on with your bad self. Go ahead. Rekindle this. I'm cool with this. And then it went downhill. And then it, yeah, it all went downhill from there. Oh, yeah. Big time downhill. Big time. Yeah. Hmm. When, uh... Connor went to check in on Cornelius and he briefly was like, oh, you're looking better. I was like, no, you're not. Like, don't, what are you, why are you lying? Oh my God. The makeup that Cornelius was wearing to make him look like paler. Have I ever sent you the picture? So story time with Reiner right here. (laughs) In high school, I was in Pride and Prejudice and I played Mrs. Gardner, which is um, one of the aunt's that um, she goes and sees, Elizabeth goes and sees. And so I got to wear a lot of, like, old person makeup. Mm-hmm. And it looked so much like that makeup <laughs> from that Cornelius was wearing. I, like, I, like, couldn't help but, like, see that. And I was like, oh, my God, that looks like what I was wearing on stage. Like, the, oh, I was like, that's not looking so good. I was like, that doesn't look so good. It was really funny because he was, like, I mean, it was, like, normal skin tone throughout his hands and everything. And then, like, the minute you got to his neck, he just kind of started turning, like, different shades of blue. And it was, like, kind of a cross between, like, Smurf and Oompa Loompa. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm gonna, t- I'm, I'll post it tomorrow, too. I have a picture on Facebook I'm gonna have to find, and I'm gonna text it to you so you can see. Amazing. But, like, it literally looks like it. it's not pretty. Oh, I'm it excited to see this. I also need to hear more high school theater Bryna stories, okay? I didn't know you were in high school theater, Missy. 
Oh, yeah, I did six shows in high school. What? Oh, my God. I cannot wait to get drunk at ATX and have you tell me all about it. <laughs> I will tell you all about it. I was in high school theater for a hot second, but it was literally a hot I second. I loved it. I loved high school theater. Yeah. No, I will tell you all about it. It wasn't the popularity contest at your high school that it wasn't mine? Uh, No. And we also, like, you either had to do, like gym class or do a sport or do p or do theater like you had to do something Mm -hmm. um so what theater was what i chose and like all my friends did it like people did it like from did sports and did that like it was totally fine interesting yeah i feel like my experience in high school theater was sort of the reason why i couldn't really handle rise because like it's kind of a sore subject for me with high school theater but interesting no and also like ours like i went to a small private school so like you kind of couldn't like like, everyone had some role in it. Like, if you auditioned, like, you were doing something in the show. Like, no one, like, didn't, get, like, got rejected, essentially. And so, like, it was just, like, a cool, like, welcoming, always, like, a welcoming space. Like, I loved high school theater. We're going to save it. this conversation for the patio at Stephen F. Austin in a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to find it because I'll post it tomorrow, too. But, like, this makeup, man, it looked exactly like Cornelius did in last night's episode. I'm excited. I'm excited for this talk. So Connor gets a patient. It's like a 14-year-old kid. He supposedly crashed on this skateboard. And Connor goes from zero to 60 in about two seconds. Because he's immediately Mm -hmm. just like, oh, well, dad smells of alcohol. So dad stole the pain pills. Cool. And no, no, no. He He was quite wrong. Quite wrong. You know what I don't like that they're doing is that he's not even handling it with humility when he's wrong. When he's wrong, he's like... Oh my God, batten down the hatches. I'm losing my damn mind. It's not even something as simple as like, I'm human. Sometimes humans make mistake. Yeah. No, I, I really like, on the one hand, like I definitely thought the same thing Connor did. Like at first I was like, oh, like, duh. Like this is like this, the dad's clearly an alcoholic and a druggie. And, you know, he's doing something with his son and, you know, like, like I get like that's I thought the same thing that Connor did, too. But I'm also not a doctor. And like I didn't go vocalize my judgments to not only the patient, but to my boss, to, you know, like everyone around me. Mm-hmm. That's where the issue was. I mean, I didn't really have an issue with what he did only because he. it's not like he does this every episode. So I was like, you know, whatever, you're allowed one slip up. But the fact that he couldn't just be like, "Mm, simple mistake, my bad. It had to be like, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. I fucked up. I was like, Connor, really? Like, But that's Connor. Yes, it is. That's Connor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you just sent me this picture. I have to look at this. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) Amazing. But that's like what I thought of when I thought of what Cornelius looked like last night. I was like, it's not too far off. Not too far off. Your eyebrows are blue. Like, Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, they were like gray. They used like gray or whatever on them to like make them gray. I had gray in my hair. It was a whole process. Nice. Oh, that's hilarious and amazing. And I can't wait for you to tweet that out. Goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So. Yeah, Connor went to see his old nanny, which, like, 
I guess that the old nanny still works for them or something. Like she was cleaning out the attic or something recently. Apparently, I guess she. I I wonder if she was more. I mean, I get, he said nanny, but like I wonder if she was more like housekeeper kind of nanny, like someone who like would make sense because like Connor's what in his thirties. Like why they don't have any other kids? Like why is a nanny still around if she was just a nanny? Exactly. So I'm assuming she was also like housekeeper, and they just have kept her on since. But yeah, yeah, still. Basically, the whole thing with the episode is that Con- it's Connor's birthday, and you know, Cornelius brings up his seventh birthday, and he's just like, "No, like, you know, you fucked up. Mom was there. It was a great birthday." And Cornelius is like, "No, your mom was, you know, going through a depressive episode. Like, she was gone." And so they ended up fighting over it and everything, and. Pretty much as soon as Connor realizes, like, oh, crap, my dad was right. Poor Cornelius is coding and dies. Because if you're a dad on this universe, apparently you can't survive. So that's been what? One on each show, if you want to say Jay, like, claim Pat for Jay. Because mm-hmm. you had Cornelius on med, Pat on PD, and then Benny yeah. on fire. Yep. Damn. Yep. Bob Ruzik, 2019 Hunger Games champion. <laughs> Don't jinx it. I feel like that's just jinxing it for 2020. That oh, like, oh, shit. well, we're screwed. I know. Basically, unless you're Wallace Bowden or Christopher Herman and you're a dad, like, yeah. Unless, other than Bowden and Herman, everybody else who's a dad in this universe had a really, really bad year. Yeah, because you can even throw that over to Antonio. Like, Antonio had a really bad year. Yes, he really did, because both of his kids have now been kidnapped. Damn. And just his own shit. I mean, hello, he killed a guy. He killed a guy. Yeah, yeah. So but we'll get um, to that later. Word to Bowden and Herman, hide your kids, hide your wives. Um, <laughs> the writers are coming for you. Um, <laughs> man. Yeah, but actually... For real, though. And of all the days, man, Cornelius died on Connor's birthday. I know. I know. Why? That's just, like, kicking him while he's down. Like, that is just insult to injury. I know. It's like, and Connor actually seemed, I mean, happy. Like, he's, like, happy that he's going to dinner with Robin. He's happy, you know, it's his birthday. He's joking around with Nat, something we haven't seen in, like, ever. Or, like, since season one. And... Yeah, then his dad dies on his birthday, and it's just like, oh. oh. man, just, I feel like when he leaves, we're definitely going to sit here and be like, Connor Rhodes deserved better. He deserved banner- better, damn it. He did. He really did, though. I mean, this thing, I don't like what they're doing with him right now, that basically they're taking these last couple episodes just to say, oh, wait a second, it was all in Connor's head from the get-go. No, like, We've been seeing the same thing he's been seeing. You know, things look suspect with Ava. Yeah, I I cannot wait to talk about this with Jeff and Steve on Monday. I know. Oh, and you guys will hear it on Tuesday. But, like, cannot wait. I have so many questions. I don't like what they're doing with him. Like, why can't he just make a mistake like a normal human being? Why does it have to be the end of the world? Just because he's got a god complex? Yeah, because that's Connor. And then at the end of the episode when he's talking to Robin and he's like, well, what else have I invented? 
you haven't invented anything. And the whole thing about, like, he's looking back on his childhood memories being like, wait, I remembered it this way. Okay, well, that's common that, like, childhood memories, if it's traumatic or something, a lot of people imagine them differently and kind of roll with that as their reality. There are terms for it, but I really can't think of said terms right now. Well, and it's it's even just more like parents not telling kids the truth. It's not even just, like, that something's traumatic. Like, parents don't always tell you the truth. Right. Because, like, you, you're too young to really understand, so they tell you when you're older. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously the case. Like, Connor was too young to really understand what was going on with his mom. So even if that meant Cornelius becoming the bad guy, Cornelius was willing to do that to, like, keep some of Connor's childhood intact as much as he could. Did they ever say whether Connor went through therapy at any point in his life? No, but I would have to imagine he did. I would hope that he did. As a child even i don't know about it's about a child but i'm sure at like 11 12 13 like i'm sure he did or whenever his mom died what do you think about what they're doing with him i mean i don't like it but like i mean it's kind of like what we've had this conversation before like i don't know it's like what came first the chicken or the egg like what came first the ideas for this storyline are like the decision or news of um, Colin leaving. Which we may never know. Like, what came first? Yeah. Which we probably will never know, but, like, knowing that he's leaving at the end of this episode or end of the finale, I don't, like, with that in my mind, I don't like what this season has done for him. And I don't think I'll be happy regardless of how this finale ends. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, again, it's kind of like a what came first, the chicken or the egg situation. And I don't know if that's totally clouding my judgment or, like, if I didn't know Colin, if I didn't find out three weeks ago or whenever that was that Colin was leaving, like, would I still like this? I mean, probably not, but, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it just, I think it just circles back to what we've been talking about. Like, is there ever is there ever a good way for a character to exit a show that's not going to ruffle feathers? Okay. Since this is your show, and I was not around originally when it happened, when Leighton left at the end of season six of One Tree Hill, mm-hmm. were, did, you were watching that live, weren't you? I was. Were fans happy with, I mean, obviously nobody wants to see them leave the show, but like because they got to leave together and happy and married and whatever, like were fans okay with, I mean, are fans okay with that? I, I'm assuming they are because like. Yeah, I think so. I remember being okay with it. I was like, well, they're married. They had their baby. They're going to go off and be together. Like, that's fine. I think we were okay with it as a fan base. Okay. I was okay with it personally. As a fan base, I'm not sure about the general consensus because it's been a long time. That's just, like, the first thing that popped in my mind of, like, something happy. Like, a char- you know, like, happy with the way it ended. That's also... Like, they knew they were... Like, they, yeah. They knew they wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. It ended good. Like, they were able to, like, craft it around that. Like, I I'm, I was happy with it. I mean, it changed a lot of things. I was happy with it when I binged it. But, like, I just was curious. That's the first I mean, thing that popped in my mind. Granted, so. the season six finale is probably one of the best all-time episodes of that entire show. So, that probably has something to do with it. But... Yeah, I remember being happy about it. And I think the fandom was, too, just because they got their happy ending. And so Together, yeah. Together with a baby, you know, kind of saw through to fruition. And they got to run off yeah. into the sunset. So in this case, it just seems like he's not going to be okay when we leave him next week. Yeah, I know. It's crazy to think that we have one more episode with him. And I'm like, but fuck. Like, 
I have so many questions, so many things I need to see. Like, I need a whole, like, four or five episodes of him dealing with Cornelius's death a la Benny and Severide. Like, I need that. And we're not going to get it. And I'm just like, fuck. Yeah, and that's the thing is, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, because if this had happened and, like, we still just had the finale next week, but he was coming back next season and we were going to pick it up then, okay, fine. Like, totally cool with that. Or even if there was, like, a time jump or whatever. As long as he was coming back and we were going to see some kind of aftermath, Mm -hmm. totally okay with all of this. Yeah. But we're not. So, like, I I don't know. Yeah, and that's the tough part is because, you know, the penultimate was a huge episode for Connor. And there's just so much to work through that it's all going to be truncated now into one episode. Yeah. And I, again, like, I don't know if we will, anybody will be satisfied. I don't know. I don't know. So many, I don't know. Well, and plus, okay, based on the promo, I mean, you see Nina. Hey, Nina. Um, and Nina basically mentions to him, and he, she's like, your father died of an overdose of insulin. So what are we setting up here? Is Connor going to doubt himself that, like, no, it's not somebody's fault when it actually is? Is it going to be, like, a double reversal of, like, no, wait, Connor's not crazy. You know, this has been what's going on the whole time. I don't know. A lot of people have been throwing the theory around on Twitter that Gwen did it. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's what I've read, though. Um, I or that like Gwen think of that, had, and I love it. Gwen had someone else, do, like, you know, Gwen was the culprit. Like, she might not have done it physically herself, but, like, somebody did it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Because the whole Connor doubting Ava thing, too, Like, I remember, you know, we were reading the episode description, and it's, like, Ava fighting for the relationship. Like, what is she fighting for next week? Exactly. She's leaving. I don't understand. And, I mean, the only way I see this ending ending happily for Connor, which I won't even be fully satisfied with, is if he runs off with Robin. But then how does Ava leave? Does Ava follow them to Minneapolis or wherever they're going? Like, does the Lifetime Saga continue? Well, the thing about... Robin and Connor is like, okay, fine. If Connor leaves to go be with Robin, okay, fine. Like, I'll accept it. Fine. Whatever. I like Connor and Robin. I was never really 100% sold on Robin being the love of Connor's life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like them together, and I know he obviously loves her, but I'm not sold on Robin being, like, his endgame, like, the love of his life. Mm -hmm. So that kind of bugs me a little bit. But then it's also like, okay, if he's going to run off with Robin – like, we've been, I mean, yes, we've seen them have scenes together, and, like, it's clear that he's still into her and he still loves her, but, like, there's not really been a, like, building back of that foundation to the point that, like, him wanting to leave with her would make sense. Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, what, she's going to go back to Minneapolis when Cece and her dad are going to get married here in Chicago and stay in Chicago, supposedly. And so Connor and her are going to go back to Minneapolis and her mom and dad are going to stay in Chicago. Like, it just doesn't make sense. No, it really doesn't. Like, there's been no real building to that foundation of Robin and Connor running off together, even though I think that's what's going to happen. I worry that the next time we reconvene to record, it's just going to be a lot of yelling. Like, oh, my God, Jeff, what sounds like? (laughs) (laughs) What did you do to Connor? You guys didn't write that. I mean, I don't, I'm sure, um, who, oh, uh, Andrew and Diane, I'm sure they wrote the finale. I don't know that for sure. I'm speculating Mm -hmm. now, but like, still, it's going to be like, Jeff and Steve, what did you do? (laughs) 
Yeah. I just, I, it's a really, really hard thing to do to write a character off in a way that's going to be satisfying to everybody. And I mean, Lucas and Peyton, I was okay with. Christina Yang on Grey's, I was okay with. But otherwise, I don't know if I've ever seen a character exit that I've been okay with. Well, I wonder too if, like, again, I don't know. I mean, God forbid, I don't know. I doubt NBC leaked it. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how any of that works. But like us knowing that this is going to happen, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like Monica last year. Like this changes everything because mm-hmm. we know it going in. So like even if we might not be completely satisfied with how it would have ended, regardless, like I feel like we would have been just a slightly bit more satisfied because we wouldn't have had any idea that it was coming. Right. So, like, we would have been slightly more... But now we're anticipating it. And so, like, we have all these hopes in our head. And, like, anything that's not close to that is going to be a letdown. I feel like if we had not known, though, we would have been lulled into a false sense of security like we were with Erin in season four. When we were like, oh, please, that's stupid. She's coming back. And then she wasn't coming back. But we were like, the fuck? So, I mean... It's a yes and no, yes and no, but like, I don't know. I just feel like knowing makes it almost like 10 times more disappointing. I like to know. I don't know. I like to know, but also like, I don't want to know like this. Like I like episode descriptions are fine. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, fine. But I don't like to read, like, the full, like, essentially, like, a recap before I've watched the episode, right? Yeah. So, like, knowing something as big as this, uh, that ain't cool. But, like, episode descriptions don't bother me. Hmm. Interesting. For this kind of stuff. Bachelorette, Bachelor, that's a whole different thing. Spoil it for me. I don't care. But, like, this, don't spoil it for me. <laughs> nice. I, yeah, I just, I, I don't know if we're going to be satisfied by this exit um i don't know so let's move on into natalie because i think we've agreed with connor that we're probably not going to be satisfied by the way this ends. no no and that's nothing on like the writer's part that's not like we're going to say oh they're going to fuck this up no 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 it's from a character standpoint that connor's been somebody that we followed and cared about for the past four seasons like you know we care about Connor, so the way he goes out, we're probably going to be like, oh, man, like, I hope he's okay. We're never going to know. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's, the, it's not us, like, criticizing the writers. It's just, like, we didn't get to spend as no, enough time with this character that we love. Yeah. And it just sucks. And we've been hard on Connor in the past. Yes, we have. But, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we still love him, right? It's, it's like when somebody, like, beats up on your sibling, which, like, coming from me, the only child, is probably ridiculous to say. But, like, you know, if, like, you can beat up on your sibling and everything, but the minute somebody else does it, you're like, hey, like, back it up. It's like, oh, fuck that shit. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, Connor's my favorite character I met, so I'm sad that he's going. Me too. So... So Elsa yeah. in the hospital, and Natalie had a tough one. Um, the the his her patient had was pregnant and also had stage four ovarian cancer. God, this had me in tears just from like the very beginning. Oh my god, yeah, it was brutal. I just the fact that she could get pregnant with stage four ovarian cancer, like oh my god. I know, I know. 
there's really not a lot to go into depth on on this case. I mean, it's just that, you know, their their main priority was to have the baby. And the cancer had spread to her brain so that she was having seizures. And, yeah, there's it was really not... There's not a lot to dive into there because at first I think the husband was like, you know, he was like, no, we're going to do the surgery. Like, we're going to save like save her brain and save the baby. And then I think eventually he just was like, never mind. Like, we're not going to do the surgery. We're just going to, you know, let her deliver the baby in a couple of weeks, which kind of circles back around to uh, an issue we saw in the pilot of Chicago Med with like, you know, using basically when like the, the pregnant mother dies and the baby is still in there like not quite ready to be born yet yeah i, I forgot that was great i think that was an episode of grays but i feel like that's something maybe med tackled i don't know i they like all start to blend together at some point i'm like i don't i i can't keep up with what case was what y'all if uh, we sound tired we interviewed derek Haas right before this so you're gonna hear the derek interview on monday um but if we sound a little out of it right now, it's because we've been recording for a hot minute. So. Okay, but even, I'm trying to, like, but even just, like, in terms of, like, that idea in general, regardless of whether it happened on Med or Grey's or wherever that case happened, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd be curious to read, like, medically and, like, ethically what people say about something, like, that idea. I imagine it's a very hot button topic. In this case, I think she was only like a couple of weeks away from viability. Right. So it's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I even personally feel about it. I like, I'd love to, maybe we'll have to ask Derek or um, Jeff and Steve about that. Like what they think as doctors. Yeah. Is Steve a doctor? Interesting topic. I don't think so. And I'm going to Google that now to be sure. Brenda, keep talking. Um, I'm going to Google. Yeah. I just, like, I don't know, like, I don't even know how I personally feel about that. It's an interesting thing. Like, I think I'm okay with it, but I don't know enough to say other, like, you know, otherwise. So. But, yeah, there's not really a lot to talk about. I am kind of, not annoyed, but, like, I'm kind of surprised they didn't touch on, like, anything from last week in regards to Natalie. Like, whether it be Philip or the, um, like, Dr. Charles, like yelling at her kind of like that whole thing like I'm really surprised I didn't touch on any of that this week I mean I can't say that I am I mean Natalie breaking the rules is same story different day um and I mean the lack of Philip I didn't mind because we'll get into it but Will and Maggie like that's Batman and Robin right there I need more of that in season five oh yeah for sure I mean that was my favorite part of the whole thing for sure I just I wasn't necessarily I guess I didn't mind, I did not mind it. Like, I thought it was a nice break, and I thought it worked well, them just kind of focusing on, like, legitimate people in the ED for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it was, like, it was kind of surprising, because it was like, oh, okay, like, we're not talking about any of that. Okay, I guess we're coming back in the finale for that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but, anyway. I don't so. think Steve is a doctor. I didn't think he was. I thought it was just Jeff, but. Watch us get on the phone with them on you know, Monday or Tuesday, and Steve be like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> like sorry, our bad. Blame sorry. the internet. We can't, yeah. Blame the internet. Blame the internet. So funny. So. But yeah, no, I mean, that's, it's it's a hot button topic that, yeah, I'm not really sure how I feel about it either, because I want to say it was a Grey's episode where it was like a hot or button topic where 
Or was it the pilot? Or was it both? It could have been both. I don't know. So many, I've seen so many medical things. It's like, did it happen on the night shift? Did it happen on the, like, I don't know where I see things anymore. Medical show roulette. (laughs) But actually, though. Man. I mean, I think that is now the only medical show I watch. I mean, Grey's, I kind of keep updated. I know what's happening, and I kind of keep updated through you and Ashley, our friend from Telltale. Um, That's about it, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think these are the only, those are the only two I, like, watch, but, like, I know enough about, like, New Amsterdam, like, I know enough about the other ones to be, like, I don't even know anymore. Twitter's been blowing up about New Amsterdam, I'm wondering if I need to give that another shot. I, I don't know, I didn't really like the first two episodes, but maybe I'll have to give it another shot, I don't know. The cliffhanger. I've been, like, watching, great. I've been watching too many other things, I, like, started Sons of Anarchy, I, like, started Lucifer, um, been watching too many other things. My dad watched Sons of Anarchy, which was like surprising because it's my dad. He doesn't really do like TV stuff. Scripted. But he, he like blew through Sons of Anarchy. He freaking loved it. It's our. It's like Rachel. Our friend Rachel's one of her favorite shows. And I saw one of the guys at Awesome Con. Um, I went to end up going to his panel, and I like just the way he talked about his character. I was just like, I I think I'd really into it. Um, and she said it's kind of a slow start, which is true. Um, so I'm, like, trying to get through it until when it supposedly picks up. Mm-hmm. But I just – it's also on Hulu. And the issue was I needed something to, like, I could actually, like, physically download. Because when I went home over the weekend, like, I lose service for two and a half hours. So, like, half my train ride. Mm-hmm. So I need something that if I'm going to watch, like, I can actually have downloaded. And Hulu, you can't do that. So, I Lucifer thought you were it was. Say that you had figured out a way to do it, and I was like, "Tell me everything." So it's so annoying, but so Lucifer it was, and then that's good, and so I want to keep watching that too. So, the dilemma, the struggle. You guys, we're just really ready for ATX Festival in a couple weeks. Like, please bear with us. We're just really ready for it. Yeah, clearly, three weeks away. Cannot get here sooner. Yeah, we're just mentally, we're practically already there. But actually, though, anyway, continue back to Maggie. <laughs> Back to Maggie. That was a little side, side TV tangent note, but yeah, yeah, back to Maggie. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think we kind of, Natalie's stuff wasn't, there wasn't a ton to talk about there, but the Maggie stuff was kind of the, it was the big bulk of the episode, really. So, why haven't we seen Maggie and Will up until this point? I mean, we have briefly, like, but I, I feel like I can count on one hand that the amount of times we've seen Maggie and Will together, like, just kicking ass on screen. Oh my god, it was the best thing I've ever seen. They're such a good pairing. I love it so much. Like, they're a dynamic duo. And it's like, Maggie almost like, she brings something out of Will that like makes him step up his game. I I just, yeah. Like, because Maggie doesn't take no shit from anybody. Mm-hmm. And so if Will wants to... You know, it's a little okay, you know, like, we're going to talk about it. But, like, what was a little politically incorrect? Like, he was fine. You know, he asked it in the right way. But, like, you know, a literally, a little political, politically incorrect. And, you know, Maggie's like, listen, like, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. Like, just go straight for it. Like, you're fine. But, like, this is what it is. Yeah. And so she didn't take shit from anybody. She's going to tell you to tell it to you straight. And that's that. And that's why I love her. I think I like it because Will Will has to up his game to keep up with Maggie. And so, because Maggie just moves at the speed of light and she's just like whip smart and just like says it as it is. And so 
in order to keep up with her, Will has to up his game. Like, you know, puts all the bullshit aside. He just has to be firing on all cylinders. And it's great. Yeah. It's so I, I I loved everything about this. Oh, it was so, so good. It was so good. And even the politically incorrect question that Will asked at first, like, basically what happened, because, I mean, Maggie's sister came back. And if you don't remember, Maggie's sister is trans. Um, and so Will was kind of curious and I think he just kind of blurted the question and probably asked it in like not the greatest way, but he basically was like, so does she date men or women? Which I mean, probably better ways to ask the question, but at the same time, I mean, he had a question, he asked it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I'm okay with it. No, I'm definitely okay with it. It was just, you know, like in terms of like. Maggie getting straight to it. She's like, yeah, like, it's fine, you know, totally fine that you asked it, but, like, just so you know, like, she dates what she dates men. Um, so. And it's also just, like, it's better that he asked, even if he kind of just blurted out, like you said, it's better that he asked and rather than just, like, blurted judgments mm-hmm. or accidental judgments out in the open when they show up. Uh, it's better to have asked and be informed than to just kind of blurt things out. Right, right. And asking questions is how you learn about things. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I was okay with it. And it's not like he asked it to some random question, like a random person. He asked Maggie, a friend who he trusts. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I was okay with that. But, man, did this storyline take a turn. Yup. Big time, yeah. And, like, man, Will goes to get his phone, basically, and Denise and her boyfriend are out there. And, like, one second it's fine, and then the next, the boyfriend rears back and just slaps the shit out of her. Yeah, like, I mean, it's unfortunate. It, I mean, it's really unfortunate that black trans women, you know, violence against them is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really proud of the med writers that they decided to tackle this issue on because it's unfortunate that it doesn't really get the discussion and coverage that it does because if you just, I mean, if you just Google it, like it's a very prominent issue. So I'm, I'm really glad that they chose to do that with the storyline. Um, but yeah, definitely did not see that coming. Not at all. And I think they handled it really well, even down to Mm -hmm. the point where, you know, Will was like, don't worry, I'm not going to tell Maggie. It was so good that these two were paired up together because Maggie sees right through Will's bullshit. So when Will was like, <laughs> she needs to tell you, like, she needs to tell you, she was like, that motherfucker slapped her. Like, she knew yeah. right away what had happened. And so it got us around a lot of time wasting and got us right to the heart of the issue, which was perfect yeah. because otherwise we would have been dancing the dance of like, oh, she's lying. Oh, she's not lying. But we got right to the heart of it. And so... They handled this really well. And, I mean, yeah, it was really, really good. And I, I I love this pairing. I can't express how much I love this pairing of Maggie and Will. Yeah. And, I mean, everyone on Twitter was – everyone was like, oh, my God, this is, like, the best thing ever. More of this in season five. More of this in season five. So we are not alone. Big time. Big time. And, I mean, even when they went to – when they went to see the boyfriend and Maggie was like, get your coat. We're leaving. Will was like, all right. And so, I mean – all of it was just right. It was perfect. It was perfect. I mean, my only wish is that Maggie had like full on decked him instead of bitch slapping him. But like, I mean, that is so unbelievably minor and he totally got what was coming to him. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, this was a really, really important storyline, and I think they did a really, really good job. Yeah, I again, what I think this whole storyline honestly made this one of my favorite med episodes of the season. Yeah. Um, I loved Allison G sent us a comment though, and she was like, "I will gladly give up Manstead for this version of Will and lots more Will and Maggie friendship scenes." Just saying. I kind of kind of agree. Yeah. 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 I love this version of Will. I love Will and Maggie as friends. Like, I mean, I like Manstead too, but like, still. Yeah, and even that moment when, you know, Maggie's in the supply closet and she just finally, like, breaks down and starts to cry and Will just hugs her, like, oh, my God, they're such a good friendship. More, please. So good. So good. Man. Um, Yeah, so there's not a lot to, like, deep dive into in this episode. Um, Everything's kind of like, well, this is what happens and this is the impact. And it's kind of all setting up for the finale, but. Yeah. Sex toy, man. They uh, had some sexy time, didn't they? Yeah, we haven't had, like, any this season yet. At all. Yeah, no. Nope. That happened. No, yeah. It's been a... I actually was kind of like, oh my... Like, and again, Sex Toy's never been, like, my most favorite couple ever. But, like, I was like, oh my god. I was like, yes. I was like, finally, it's about damn time. Like, damn. There was a lot of things with these two that I was like, oh, damn. Oh, that's finally happening. First of all being, Ethan finally held his nephew. But he still looks so uncomfortable. I know. I know. He's like, hello, Vincent. As he like holds the baby at arm's length. <laughs> like, yeah. Still looks so uncomfortable. Man. But he finally held his nephew. I know. Crazy. But what's going on with Emily? I don't know. It's got to be something. I mean, she wants to leave. Like something's happened. Bernie's still in the hospital. So like it's not probably anything with him. I think the fact that she left Chicago and made it to St. Louis before being like, probably shouldn't do this. I feel like that's a big red flag, even if she did come back. Do you think that the issues are like her leaving because of her safety? Like she fears, you know, like someone's black, you know, she owes someone money kind of like thing, like fearing for her safety. Or is it just like she doesn't want to be a mom anymore and she just realized it? Mm. I think it's the latter, but I was just curious what you thought. I don't think it's the latter. I think it might be that she's afraid of the thought of doing it alone because I think she might be realizing that Bernie's not going to help her. Bernie's going to be good for nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I think it may be a little bit more of the latter, but I def- I was just like, it crossed my mind. I was like, is she running for fear of her life? But then I was like, no, like that wouldn't make any sense. And then once, you know, it kind of looked like, I don't know, we're going to talk about this, so we might as well just talk about it. Like, are they setting this up to believe that, like, Gabriel and Ethan are going to take care of this baby together by themselves? I got that vibe. And I definitely got that vibe. I was kind of okay with it, but at the same time, kind of not. Why wouldn't you be okay with it? Because that's a lot to saddle a couple that just got back together with. Yeah, but I can't imagine, like, what's the alternative? That's a good question. Emily decides to become the best mother, like, not do it again, and, like, they just leave? Like, what the hell? No. Could happen. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, that, like, I guess for me, I'm like, well, then what's the point of this whole storyline? Well, but that's best case scenario, right, is that she gets it together and, you know, 
Yeah, but not now. Like, maybe mid-season finale next year kind of thing. I mean, because if that's the case and they're setting it up that Ethan and April are going to, like, adopt this baby, I mean, that's just setting them up for disaster next season. All they're going to do in season five is fight the entire time. I just, I can't imagine anything else. Like, I don't understand then what the point of the storyline is if that's not where they're going. Just to get them back together, maybe. But then why have Emily leave to, that part doesn't make sense. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Like, it seems like Emily is up to something shady, whether it's, you know, she needs money or whatever it is. Emily is up to something shady. And it's going to be up to April and Ethan to keep care of this baby. And at least, I mean, here's the thing. You might not even be adopting the baby, but, like, at least be his guardians until Benny gets, or Bert, not Benny, dear Lord, Bernie gets out of the fucking hospital. Like, he still technically has a parent in town. He just can't take care of him right now. I don't think a guardianship would take place for that long. I don't know. Yeah, what? Like temporary, like foster parents, essentially. That's that's if Bernie's going to be in the hospital for you know months and an extended period of time. Right. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I don't know anything that's happening, but like I definitely got that vibe. Yeah, and I'm I'm both okay with it and not okay with it. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I will see. I think I'm more okay with it than you are, but sounds that way. Yeah. <laughs> Lastly, in the hospital, we had Dr. Charles, and this was just the sweetest, sweetest thing. And I definitely got, like, really emotional at the end. I love this. It's so funny. Perry texted me this morning, and she was like, because she had called when she was on whichever episode that was where you were gone a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I don't remember which episode that was. Um, she was, she texted me and she was like, I called it, like, they're getting married again. And then she was so worried that she spoiled the episode for me. I was like, no, I saw it. You didn't spoil it for me, but I appreciate you asking if I'd seen it. Um, but yeah, I loved it. Uh, Yeah. And so, I mean, the whole gist is that, you know, Caroline's like, I got another job. This is where I'm going, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so Dr. Charles tries to get her a job in Chicago But then at the end, they have this scene on this bridge with, like, this unbelievably gorgeous view of Chicago. And Caroline's just like, I lied. You know, her cancer basically has kind of upped its game. And she basically wants to go back to Minneapolis to live out her final days. And Dr. Charles just is like, you know, he he says he's like, I want to marry you again. And then he's like, I want to be there for all of it, you know, in sickness and health. So we're basically setting up for this finale to just make me cry, is what I'm thinking is going to happen. Oh, actually, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Seems that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love this whole thing. I'm just, I'm so happy, even though it's going to probably end in heartbreak, because I mean, clearly she's not going to stick around. Mm-hmm. But, like, even just for a moment, you know, like, him being this happy and, like, realizing what he wants, I'm just so happy. Because Dr. Charles deserves it. He totally deserves it. I love when he's like, don't make me get on me because I probably won't get back up. Oh my God, I loved it so much. What a moment. I got like really emotional. I was like, oh, feelings. Mm." So. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, really good episode. And we're we're gearing up for what's going to be probably a pretty crazy finale. 
Yeah. I mean, all the promo. I mean, the promos just all look intense and crazy, and I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, any other notes on Med? No, I think that's it. It is fire time. Brian, will you please start us off? Yeah. So, let's start off with the Severide stuff because Severide, man. Severide and arson. Ugh. It's just it's so good. So Peanut good. Peanut butter and jelly. Salt and Pepper. What other iconic duos are there in life? Um, Batman and Robin. Severide and Arson. <laughs> but actually. But so actually, basically this episode picks up from where last week's left off with, you know, Severide realizing that this is probably connected to an old arson case of Benny's. And, you know, Benny called this whole thing his white whale. So literally, again, The interest in arson is hereditary. We discussed this last week. I'm not surprised. Not surprised either. Yeah. And I love how the whole thing, too, like, nobody wants to really take him seriously that it's related to something that Benny was working on 15 years ago. Like, he's talking about it with Casey and Bowden, and they're like, yeah, or Bowden's like, yeah, you know, okay. And he's like, oh, if I didn't believe me, like, Bowden doesn't really believe me. Um, and he even asked Casey at one point, he's like, you think I'm wrong? And, you know, Casey, of course, believes in him, but again, no one else really does. And, you know, drove me crazy. I don't know if to me, it never crossed my mind that his thinking would be impaired. I was like, why are we doubting Severide? Like, it makes no sense to me. I know. Especially if like. He was able to fucking deal with an arson when Shay died and, like, lead that case on pretty damn close. I mean, like, led that one. So, like, yeah, I guess his father and him had a more up-and-down relationship than he and Shay did. But, like, still, if he can lead himself to an arson in the aftermath of Shay, he can lead himself through an arson investigation in the aftermath of Benny. Exactly. I mean... To me, when Bowden was like, well, you have a job to do here. I'm like, this is completely unnecessary, completely unnecessary, because you know that Severide is always capable of doing his job. Yes, but Kelly also did step out of line with his responses. He did, and I'm not going to say that he was right to do so, because like Bowden, but at the same time, I understand. Like, yeah. Yeah, I understand. I mean, they were doubting him when there was really nothing to doubt. Yeah. Okay, but here's, like, the one where I was, like, I mean, he so going off of that, like, he and Bowden are having that conversation on the apparatus floor. And, you know, Benny, I mean, Bowden literally says, he's like, I know your judgment gets clouded in situations involving your father. And then Bowden sends him home for as long as he needs to get his shit together. And I was just like, okay, we're going here. like, really surprising, and I cringed a little bit. I was like... Did he just say that to Bowden, of all people? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I almost feel like I, if I were going to talk back to any of, like, the chiefs on these shows, like, I might even consider talking back to Voight before I consider talking back to Bowden. Bowden. Wine. Okay, let's try that again. <laughs> I might even consider talking back to Voight before I even consider talking back to Bowden. Yeah, I would never go talk back to Bowden. Like, ever. Ever. Like, damn. Yeah, that was crazy. 
But I'm also not mad about it. I'm not sitting here like, what an asshole. I'm just like, well, I understand they're doubting him when they have no reason to. Yeah. So, like I said, they end up selling Kelly home, which is kind of dumb because we all know that, like, he's just going to go straight to work on the case, even though they tell him not to. They're literally like, don't go work on the case, get your head straight together. And then what does he do? Literally go to the hair salon and starts investigating himself. That was pretty dumb. Unless Bowden was like, I know what I was doing. Like, it was kind of his way of being like, go solve the arson, just go. But, yeah, I thought that was kind of dumb. Also, Cruz acting squad lieutenant? Shouldn't it have been Tony? I think you probably wouldn't cap in that situation. I mean, it's Tony in real life, but not Cap's like the next person, I think. Is he? I think. But also, don't you have to have like somewhat passed the lieutenant's exam to like even act as squad lieutenant? I think so. So does it even matter? We might need to get Tony on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I need to like save all my actual firefighting questions for Tony. Be like, yo, Tony. <laughs> Here are all the things I've actually wondered. Tony's gonna be like, "What? Like, what do you want?" <laughs> um, I also just how love though. I mean, again, we talked about Casey having Severide's back, like even to go so as far as to like talk to Hubble on about the neighbor on Severide's path. Like, I just the best for TP of this whole damn universe. Like. Yeah. It, it, Always. I feel like the penultimate episodes were like the night of bro TPs. Because you had Will and Maggie, and then you had Casey and Sev, and then you had Platt and Trudy. You just said the same character. I'm not drunk. I'm just tired. <laughs> Who You mean Voight and Trudy? Yes. <laughs> Carry on before I say more dumb things. Yeah, so I mean, I just love that. But I also really thought the whole stuff, too, after that, when he, when Severide was, like, my whole life I've been trying to basically prove that I'm better than Benny. And, like, with this stuff, like, I can't even hold a candle to him. Like, him kind of realizing, too, that, like, I'm not even sure, like, I'm not even, all the stuff that I think is about Benny in my life is about Benny. But even the stuff I don't think is about Benny all somehow comes back to Benny, too. Like, I just, I really like that whole realization. Yeah. Um. And I love, I mean, like, you guys will hear this in our interview with Derek on Monday, but even just how he talked about that, like, yeah, like, the Benny stuff was supposed to be, like, a longer arc, but just the kind of the way it took over the whole season, like, when they weren't really planning for it to take over the season as way the way it did, like, I love it. Like, I love that that's just kind of, like, a part of it all. Yeah, they're doing a really good job of handling that. Um, but, yeah, when Seth said that, I was like, you're being hard on yourself, dude. Like, I mean... You know, Benny's older than Sev, so I mean, I, I I imagine when Benny was Severide's age, he was probably, like, Kelly's level in solving arsons. Probably. I mean, Kelly's really good at solving arson. I wish he wasn't so hard on I himself. Know. Yeah. Definitely. But, um... But, oh, so, yeah, the whole plot twist of this, though... So basically the whole time you're meant to think that it's the neighbor that we met in last week's episode who's the arsonist. Because it's, you know, he has the priors, he was in jail the whole time, that the arsonist was gone cold. Like, it just makes more sense. But plot twist, the lady who Severide thought was the victim from Benny's original case is actually the arsonist. 
Plot twist. Plot twist. I know. The minute she started flipping through Severide stuff, I was like, this bitch. Like, I knew something was up. Yeah. Um, I was. It was funny. I was telling Derek, like, my first thought was, you know, like, I just kind of thought of her as, like, a suburban soccer mom. Like, I would have never pictured her as an arsonist. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, nobody, clearly they didn't either. But, um, yeah. And that's kind of where the episode ends because they end up, you see them. In, like, this big meeting with F- OFI, it's him and Casey and Bowden. Um, they're kind of planning, you know, how they're going to find her because she's now in the wind because she ends up escaping. Yeah. So. That's going to be a and yeah. end. She better not touch our precious Severide. I know. I know. Um, but, of course, we got some listener comments. Um Allison said, Allison G said, Severide is amazing in solving arson cases, but he seriously has no sense of self-preservation. <laughs> Who finds out someone's a serial arsonist and is like, hmm, I'll just hang out in her house and go through her stuff for evidence for a while. Like, no way that can go horribly wrong. Like, what if that house was booby-trapped or she came back? Like, what, like, at least call the police, Severide. I did have a moment when she was, when, or not, when... When Kelly was on the phone with Matt and was like, go here, go there. I was like, bitch, you need to be watching your back. She could easily come back and, like, club you over the head with something. Yeah. But it's Severide, so Severide, he would like, escape. I wouldn't call it a god complex, but, like, he kind of thinks he's invisible. He thinks he's immortal. Which is kind of a god complex, but, like... I can work with it. I don't know. Maybe it's just because Severide, but. Yeah. And so then Haley said, um, watching Severide continue to bring up his dad. And I didn't really know where to put this. So I kind of, it's Severide-ish though. Um, continue to bring up his dad makes me wish we could have had scenes like that from Will and Jay. Pat died and then he was never mentioned again, really, that I know of. I know Meta and Dee have a different tone, but it would have been nice to see them to grieve together, either, either grieve together or as individuals. Um, Amen. Which is fair. We've brought that up for a long time. That ever we wanted. I mean, yeah, we, we wanted more Pat Hall said, even though we didn't want more Pat Hall said. So I'm forever going to wish that we had the J version of that Will episode. Oh, I know. Forever. I know. Forever and ever and ever. I know. So elsewhere, we had a really important B story in this episode. Really important. Yeah. So there's a fireman at one of the other firehouses named LaPointe, and he is retiring. And man, I mean, he is a big, tall, strong guy. Like, I love how Ritter stands next to him, and Ritter looks like he's, like, so teeny tiny next to this guy. Yeah, but it was also played by some guy who is a big character. Like, everyone was freaking out over him. He's on a ER. I don't know who it is, though. He was? I, that's what people were saying. I'm going to have to see if I can find Google this real quick. Because um, some people were definitely tweeting about him. Um, where is it? Blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Uh, 
Yeah, he was um, Abraham Ben Ruby. Um, he's best known for his appearance as Jerry Markovich on ER. I never watched that show. I didn't either. He's also known for Parker Lewis Can't Lose or his role on that. And then he's on, uh, he voices on Robot Chicken. I love Robot Chicken. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of talk, but I, yeah, I never saw ER. Um, you know who did watch ER was our friend Melanie. She did. I know. I'm like, I'm watch, I'll watch it at some point in life, but. It's 15 seasons, man. I know. Says the girl who loves Supernatural, but still. <laughs> yeah, and the, says the one who watches Grey's me, so. Yeah, yeah, so. But what they did with this this B story was really important, because basically the whole episode, he's showing signs of depression, and, you know, a lot of red flags are going up, and thank God they get Ritter to meet this guy. Because, you know, Ritter and LaPointe meet, and Herman introduces Ritter as one of the good guys. And LaPointe kind of pulls him inside, aside and he's like, you know, it's the good ones who get hit hardest on the job. So, like, take care of yourself. And Ritter's just kind of like, all right. Um, and as the episode goes on, you know, LaPointe's kind of, he's like giving his stuff away. And he's just showing a lot of red flags. And so the part that got me the most was probably when they're outside, when they went to look for him the first time. And Ritter's like, you know about my uncle, right? And Herman's like, yeah, like, we all know about your uncle. He's like, well, that uncle took his own life. And he's saying, he's like, you know, you're seeing some of the red flags here. Like, we still have a chance to do something. Which, like, oof. Yeah. 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 It was, I mean, we, again, you'll hear this in our Derek interview, but, like, we kind of touched on just, like, how important it was and that, you know, it's something we've definitely seen them focus on a little bit more this season um, with Casey and with Otis as early back as the crossover. And I just, I'm really fascinated by portrayals of, I don't know why, but like um, something I take really seriously as like a viewer and someone who like analyzes things. Like I really find different rep or representation of PTSD and trauma and all that stuff in different areas fascinating on television and so I'm really proud and glad that they chose to tell the story because I think it's really important. I'm really glad because it's such an important story to tell and I mean I'm very transparent when it comes to things that I've dealt with and stuff. I had a friend who I lost last year to something similar and I mean Hindsight's twenty twenty, and we, my friends and I, we definitely have moments where we're just like, we know there's nothing we could have done, but we wish that we had known. So yeah. it's really important to tell these stories and to give a voice to something that is ordinarily considered so taboo, that this is how we end the stigma, is we talk about it and we put it in the mainstream, and we say that it's okay to ask for help, and it's okay not to be okay. It's completely okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I just, I, I really love that storyline. Same, same. And I really hope they don't shy away from it in the future. Like, any chance they get to tell these stories about, you know, the impact that their jobs have on mental health, I hope that they absolutely take it. Yeah. Same. So, 
Yeah, it's important. And again, when when we say that our emails are open, I mean, that's the kind of thing that we mean. When we're just like, you know, you can email us about anything. It's not just other shows we're watching. You can email us about anything. Like, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to talk about it. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, yeah, and I mean, Brian, I know you said it's important to you. It's very important to me as well. So, I mean, that's why we get kind of serious about it because it's a serious topic. And May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So, yeah. So. Elsewhere. We had. Yeah. Cassette. 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 <laughs> it's a fun show. I love that name. Just like blurt. Cassette. Cassette. <laughs> so. Yeah. Let's start off with uh, Sylvie's little coughing fit that she had there. Um, such a Brett move, by the way, to be like, I guess just out so of Casey. Spit goes down the wrong pipe. Like, oh, Brett. So Brett that like, and of course it's like, not even that part, not even just her description is the so Brett part, but like the fact that she, like he walks in and he says hi and she starts coughing and like not even just like word vomits, but she just starts coughing. Literally like, so the Brett. most Brett thing ever. So Brett. So, so Brett. Yeah. And so she's talking to Stella and Foster, and Foster basically is like, okay, well, and Brett, like, kind of voices the concerns. Brett's like, listen, he was married to my best friend. I dated her brother. Like, it's weird. And Foster just goes, okay, forget the Dawson stuff for a minute. Oh, Emily, we don't say that on the show. Like, I get what you were going for, but we don't say that here. But I love, I mean, people are going to hate me for this, but I loved how Stella too was like, it's ancient history. Like it doesn't matter anymore. I did agree with that. Yeah. Like Stella's like, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Like in so many words, she was like, he's divorced. You broke up over a year ago with Antonio. Like it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with Stella. It is ancient history. Yeah. Yeah. The no, it's, it's stuff ancient so. history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, one of the things that I loved, and I texted you this. Um, so in the whole scene with the Roman candle war, which is like, <laughs> dear God, people are fucking idiots. Let's dear just Lord. say this one more time. The first call was a Roman candle war. God, why are people are such fucking idiots? Dear Lord. Like lighting Roman candles and pointing them at each other. God. Idiots. <laughs> Idiots. Um, and so then, yeah, so they end up pointing them towards the, you know, 81 or, um, and Brett and Foster and their treating patient, whatever. They end up pointing there. Casey ends up getting some of the flames or whatever. I don't know what you actually call flames. Uh, I don't know either. I can't say I've ever had a Roman candle war. I mean, I've never had a Roman kid, but, like, what do you call, like, the fireworks part of fireworks? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the sparkler? Whatever. <laughs> you guys get what I'm trying to say. The the Roman candle hits Casey in the neck, essentially. That's the way I will phrase this. Um, and so Brett is like, no, no, no. Like, you're not going to actually take care of this if I don't take care of it for you. So, like, sit your ass down and let me irrigate this. And so, like, while she's, like, irrigating his wound, she there's, like, a tiny, tiny, tiny bit 
a romantic music that plays like a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. I'm like, okay, like, okay, I see where we're going here. Okay, like romantic music. Okay, I got this. It was. I find the hard eyes more awkward tonight, or the like in the penultimate. I found the I found the hard eyes a little bit more awkward because it was like it felt a little forced. Like, but I think that's because they know. Like Brett, at least on Brett's side, like she's starting to realize, like, oh, do I like this guy? Do I not like this guy? Like it's her just being awkward because she is awkward and she doesn't know she. Everyone around her seems to think that now she is perfect for Casey, and she's like, "Oh well, am I? Do I even like him? Like, wh- huh?" I just thought of that crazy ex-girlfriend song when she's like, "Oh my god, I think I like you. I like you. <laughs> oh my god, I think I like you." <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, but yeah, and I th- one of the things I thought was to me, I don't know if anyone else picked up on this. I this is how I took this, but like basically the chaplain stops by, and you know because. Casey asked him to last week and so he does and then when the chaplain asks he's like oh where's Brett Casey's like oh yeah like they were dropping off a patient at med and then chaplain's like okay and then Casey's like but it'll be here for like they'll be gone for a while like basically like you might as well leave and it's like okay oh, and the chaplain's snap. just kind of like he's like okay yeah and then he like walks away and like Stella of course is like looking on and as all this is happening I'm just like oh Casey <laughs> like you're so cute you think you don't know anything but like we all know what you're doing Stella handled that well too like she knows how to handle Casey like she looked at him and instead of being like listen I know you're into Brett she like segued into something else I was like smart lady Stella like well done yeah it was so good so um, but also in that Casey and Seth scene in the locker room I like texted you this I didn't realize until this episode but I need a scene of Casey and Seth talking about Casey's feelings for Brett eventually. Like, a I need that. Men. I need that at some point in my life. And I didn't realize I needed it until you texted me that. And then I was like, I need that too, actually. Just a nice little cigar chat. Like, doesn't have to be on the roof. Although I would really like to see them back on the roof. Um, but yeah, nice little cigar chat. Maybe out by one of the trucks or something. Just chilling. Talking. I mean, obviously, I would love for it to be a cigar chat, but even, like, the locker room chat that they had last night, I'm okay with that. That's cool. Totally cool with that. Yeah, it's cool, too. Would be good. Yeah. Um, But then it basically ended, like, the picture that was floating on our Twitter that we all saw happened, of course, at the end of the episode um, when Brett changes the bandage for the last time, and yeah. He, like, basically, like, made it a point to, like, go over and ask Brett to help him because he didn't want her to be mad at him. Okay. He hadn't changed the bandage in 24 hours. Even I've got to say that's gross, Matt. It's gross, but I love how he was like, yeah, I just don't want you to be mad at me. So when I do it the wrong way, so you come do it. And I was just like, hmm. Okay. I mean, God, I mean, in the finale, we've got to be building up to, like, a kiss or something, right? Like, I hope we're not disappointed by it. I hope it's, like, everything we're hoping it's going to be. I hope every- it's everything we're hoping it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I hope there's, like, like metaphorical fireworks that we're just like, this is the best! <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. Um, 
But Allison did send us a question about this. She said, you know, as I mentioned on Twitter, I'm shocked that Casey's catching on to what's happening between him and Brett. As far as we know, no one prompted him to consider that he might have feelings for her. Did you expect him to catch on so quickly? I thought we'd have Brett pondering or in denial for a while while Casey would be clueless. Um, I feel like this wasn't even quick for Casey. I feel this was like an average amount of time. But he hasn't even totally caught on yet. He's like kind of starting to get there but he hasn't even like fully caught on yet i feel like casey recognizes his feelings pretty quickly he just takes a while to act on them that's true you could even throw that back to the whole naomi thing right like he like saw the way that she looked at him and like he kind of looked at her too but like he it took him like another episode or so before he even like wanted to kiss her exactly exactly so i feel like he recognizes them pretty quickly he just takes a while and, I mean, if he takes a while so that he tries not to be awkward, it doesn't work because he's still awkward. And, yeah, he can't flirt. Yeah. But it's sort of what makes <laughs> him adorable. It's what makes him the best. It really does, though. He's like, I didn't want you to be mad at me. I'm like, Casey, stop. Like, your lack of game is showing. Stop it. Yeah, so good. So, so good. good. So good, though, right? Yeah, so good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Do you think the finale is going to, are they going to kiss? Are they just going to, like, sleep together? Are they going to, like, what if this is, like, a whole fake out and they're just, like, actually, never mind, we shouldn't do this? Well, that's just cruel. Mm -hmm. I I don't even think Derek's that cruel. I I don't, I don't think so. (laughs) Um, um, Actually, I mean, I know so because he's great. But, yeah, that would just be cruel. I don't think they hook up. I think they kiss, if anything. Okay. But, like, again, I don't know. Like, the way I pictured this going is not the way this is actually going so far. Like, the way I pictured it was, like, the, you know, something happened. I mean, I guess it could still technically go there. But it's, like, uh, we get there, like, they kiss or something. And then they realize, like, oh, shit. Like, we shouldn't be doing this. But then they, like, can't stop. Mm-hmm. doing it like kissing and hooking making out and hooking up but then i feel like that's not gonna be the way it goes because she's already told people like she told um stella and foster so like i don't know i don't know how i see this going yeah interesting and then we're gonna have to so. wait the whole hiatus before we see them together again that sucks <sighs> i know don't even remind me i know i know so it's going to be pretty crazy. What do yeah. you, I mean, I could totally see the cliffhanger, like, ending on a call and that just being that. What do you think? Well, it looks, wait, are we talking about, like, you're talking about the cliffhanger just, like, in general, right? Not about a Brett and Casey cliffhanger? Yeah, I'm talking about the cliffhanger in general. I think it's going to be something, like, based on a call. Yeah, well, it looks like, I mean, Severide is not in the best he looks like he's going to get himself in trouble. Don't you touch that pretty face? Don't you touch those blue eyes? I have a feeling it's this is going to be a repeat of season five. The, the You're My Miracle season finale? Yeah. When the mir- the everyone ended up on the report card as like a... That was the worst. I hated that so much. Like on the scorecard. I, no. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that was the worst. I was like, this is not where I want to see... My show. I don't want to see them all over the possible fatalities list. Yeah, but I have a feeling that's where it's going to end up. Damn it. I could be wrong, but 
I say this with all due respect. I hope you're wrong. Uh, oh, I hope I'm wrong too. <laughs> but that's at least based on the promo. That's how it seemed. Yeah. So, well. any last minute notes about fire? Uh, no, just that it was, I mean, good. Another good, solid episode. It was a good, solid episode. PD. Oh, man. So, we had to rewatch PD because this was one of those episodes where we had no idea what happened on the first watch. <laughs> I had no idea what I happened. No idea. I was so confused. Like, I got the B storyline. Yeah. The B storyline, I understood. Well, because the, uh, the B storyline is like. I didn't get. Yeah, because the B storyline is like the stuff we've been doing all season, right? That's the stuff we've been following where we've been like, okay, let's follow this through to fruition. Yeah. So when the A storyline yeah. popped up, I was like, okay, I've got to admit, I don't care about this. What well, was really funny, because we were testing something after the episode last night, and you were, we were both like, yeah, we're going to have to rewatch PD, because we have no idea what the fuck just happened. We really, no, it was it was something like, it was one of those episodes where, you, like, the, the dialogue just completely is lost on you, and so you're like, oh, now they're in the bullpen, now they're chasing somebody, why are they doing that? Like, it was well, one it's of like, those. if you miss one line of dialogue about who, like, a character is or something, like, you're screwed. Yo, that's legit why I can't watch Game of Thrones. Wait, what? I can't watch Game of Thrones because that's how it is. Like, I have to watch it with friends because if I miss, like, one piece of dialogue, the whole thing just falls apart. Yeah, so, like, that's how this is. Like, you miss one thing and I think I must have missed something because all of a sudden I was like, who is Alex Del Toro? I was like, what the hell? I was like, what? And when we say we had no idea what happened, that doesn't mean it was a bad episode. That actually means it was a really damn good episode. It was just so full of stuff that we couldn't process all of it. Yeah. And that was definitely just more on our part than the writer. Like, it was a good episode. Again, I went back, back and watched it this morning, and I thought it was great. No, it was um, fantastic. But... It was fantastic. Do we want to run down the details of the case, or do we just want to skip right to the Kelton stuff? Um, I thought there was some interesting... Like, we don't have to run through, like, the, all the details of the case. Um, There was something... Where was it? I just... I... Oh, the end. Um, When... Antonio basically like they end up finding Del Toro at the very end and Antonio almost like kills him yes. but Ruzik takes him off the edge I really thought for a hot second they were gonna have Antonio kill him too uh, yeah I did too I thought for sure this was gonna be Antonio's way of like making amends being like listen this way I get to face justice for what happened and Ruzik and Void are saved but no, that's not what happened. But also, I kind of want to know, like, Antonio, where was this impeccable sense of balance in the midseason finale? Because, like, you held the guy right to the edge and you didn't go over. Where was this balance in the midseason? Well, he was high in the midseason finale. Also true. But still. Also yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But no, the case, I mean, I mean, just in general, like, I thought the case was really good once I, like, actually understood it. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was good. I was slightly amused when they went to Carlos. Was it Carlos? Yeah, I think it was Carlos. Uh-huh. Um, when they went it was to Carlos. Carlos's house and they found the brick or the, the kilo of heroin. Just from past episodes and past, like, nerdy research we've done, the minute that happened, I was like, oh, that's 50 grand. <laughs> I was like, good job, Gina. Like, nice job. You know that from past research. Good job. I got a good laugh out of that. Yeah. 
But yeah, yeah, just little things. Yeah, and I just it was I, again. I like this episode, um, but let's talk about the Kelton stuff because oh lord. Oh my goodness, with the Kelton stuff, and there's just I mean for us there's not a ton of stuff to run down in the case. That's why we're kind of like breezing right past it. Um, yeah, the Kelton stuff, man. Oof. My favorite line of this whole episode though is when Voight meets with the publisher and she's like, if you're going to shoot at the king, you better not miss. I loved it. I loved it. Basically, the episode starts. Antonio is still in a program. Good. Like, I'm glad. And I'm glad they're showing it to us just like, remind us. But he gets a text from Ruzik and Ruzik's like, meet at the silos now. I don't care who that text comes from. That is never good news. Never good news. Here's my issue with the opening scene and, like, you you mean you just said, and it's like, yeah, like, it's great that we got it, you know. My whole issue with this whole thing, and again, I know what, ha- you know, John Sade is leaving. I get it. Whatever. This whole storyline just feels so out of place, though. Like, so out of the blue. Because. What, it's back? Yeah. Like, okay, we haven't seen John Sada really at all in, like, 10 episodes and then all of a sudden he's like the main focus mm-hmm. what the hell yep i mean again i get it but like this should have been done in episode like 11 or 12 mm-hmm. not in 21 i i'm really curious when they realized john was leaving and if they had to just completely restructure things season wise when they found out I hope that's not the case, though, because I really, and I said it in the last episode, I was really looking forward to the culmination of the mayor storyline and, like, the like the all-out, like, battle royale that was waiting between Price and Kelton. Yeah. My thing, though, with um, this, though, is that, like, regardless, it should have been done in episode 11. Because, like, it was so weird when Rusek's, like, yeah, they, you know, ITR contacted me and they're reopened, whatever. And it's just, like, months later? Like, what the hell? Like, the fuck is ITR, by the way? Too many acronyms. I thought we were dealing with COPA. Yeah, I mean, but regardless, like, the fact ITR was reopened investigation. And it's just, like, why? Like, well, I think why we, now? We I think we sort of got the explanation for that. Because Voight was like, the, the investigation's not going to be opened without the order of a superintendent. So I think Kelton went back in because, like Wade said, he's trying to take down intelligence. So Ke- and he's this not the all- superintendent. So Brennan did it then at the order of Kelton because she's his. I don't know. I still I'm from like ten terms. Like I get like why like I get the explanation, yeah. but just like in my brain, like this should have been dealt with like in the aftermath, direct aftermath, and then like moved on and like written Antonio out some way. Like I'm just like I'm just annoyed. No, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I, I don't think I I wasn't so annoyed about the investigation being reopened because the minute they were like, oh, they're reopening it, I was like, okay, that's why we haven't touched it is because they closed it. Is that a bullshit explanation? Probably, but I'm gonna roll with it. Like I was kind yeah, of okay with it that. bothered me. Yeah. It bothered me. Because, I mean, it, it sounds like it was Kelton who reopened it because he his sole job now is to fuck with intelligence. Which makes no sense. Why are you trying to disband them? Yeah. I just... <sighs> I know. I know. I don't know. 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. Don't know. But I do like how Voight handles this. He tries to be real smooth about it. So he, he goes right to Trudy for a favor. And I loved how he was like, yeah, so your dad used to like rub elbows with a lot of people in the publishing world, right? And she's like elbows, knees, maybe a couple of other body parts. I was like, <laughs> Trudy, funny. I love Trudy. Yeah. I, I love her too. She's the best. More Trudy in season seven, please. More Trudy. Yes. Yes. And more Trudy and Hank, underrated bro TP. And I said it right that time. <laughs> yeah, you did. But yeah, no, definitely an underrated. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So they're so good together. I just, yeah. I love, like, I just love the mutual respect they have for each other. What is just so refreshing to see that after, a, again, another season of really no Trudy. Like, it's just really nice to, like, see what we loved about her back and, you know, their banter. And I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So Trudy puts Voight in touch with Catherine Bradley and she's a big wig in the publishing world. And Voight's basically like, listen, I have this dirt on Kelton that shows that he tried to cover up this thing with a serial killer from years ago. And that's when Catherine just like drops my favorite line. And she's like, if you're going to shoot for the king, you better not miss. I feel like Voight is the only person who could go after somebody of Kelton's stature and not make me worry. I'm like, okay, I'm not worried. Voight's going to, like, kick this guy's ass. Yeah. No, I, my favorite line, then, was when he was talking to Brennan, because, you know, he, he ends up going to see Brennan. Brennan tells him, you know, that Bradley contacted her, and she even said, you know, she's like, you're making a mistake. You'll come after Kelton. You know, he, someone's going to get hurt. It won't be Kelton. He wins. He always wins. But I love Voight's line in this, and he's like, if Kelton gets elected, his first order of business will be to disband intelligence. That's not peace. That's war. That is not peace. That is war. Oh, I love it. I love that line so much. That is not peace. That's war. I freaking love that so much. Yeah, I love it. But it makes no sense for him to disband intelligence. Zero sense. Ruzik said it last week that intelligence has the highest clear rate of anybody in the CPD. Oh my god, that was the other thing too from Emily Longaretta's interview, the video part. Yeah. When um Little Royce is talking and he's joking and about, you know, like them, you know, potentially disbanding intelligence. And he's like, Yeah, Atwater's gonna be the first one to go. I saw that. Jesse's, I saw like, that. Jesse's like, why? Like what what Atwater do? And he's like, I don't know, Atwater's gonna be the first one to go. <laughs> Jesse's like, What's your crime? I don't know. <laughs> Kelton's just the worst man Kelton is literally the worst kind of people like mm-hmm. like he just kind of stockpile like he's the kind of person that does shady shit but gets away with it and so he just like he knows how to be shady and still get away with it and that makes him like the worst kind of person because then he just like stockpiles all this blackmail against other people and is like oh I'm sorry did you want to blow the whistle on me because then I'll just blow it on you like he's the worst kind of person yeah, he is. But, okay, this is where I have a little question. Okay, mm-hmm. so basically Voight ends up telling Ruzik and Antonio that the detective guy, Leo Hernandez, that's needed to, like, verify the story to Catherine is in the wind because, of course, he is. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Then Antonio goes and talks with someone. Is this a guy a lawyer? 
he doesn't introduce him. I mean, because granted, it's just them, the two of them having conversation. But no names are ever mentioned. Like, I can't, I mean, I'm assuming this guy's a lawyer because he's talking to him about hypotheticals. But like. Yeah, I'm going to assume so as well. Or his union rep, maybe? It's, yeah, it's a retired union rep. Maybe. I don't know. I think the important part here that we do need to loop back to, though, is when he's in, when Antonio's in his meeting at the very beginning of the episode, the girl who's talking at the meeting, she basically is talking about how she's in this, like, fourth phase where she basically has to kind of accept her actions and accept the consequences of her actions. And so that's what kind of gets the ball rolling in Antonio's head of, like, well, shit, I killed this guy. Like, I got to do something about it. But, yeah, I'm going to assume that he's an attorney. Yeah, and so the lawyer guy, or so Antonio asked the lawyer guy, he's like, would it be possible for the, because he's like laying out the hypothetical, which is really what happened to him in the midseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, would it be possible for this officer to take full responsibility for his actions after the fact? And the lawyer guy's like, why would he do that? And then Antonio's like, so he can live with himself and like get his fellow officers off the hook. And I was just like, oh, Antonio, mm-hmm. like my heart breaks for you. But apparently, no, there's still no hypothetical happy ending because, of course, there's not. He says, basically what he says is that Voight and Rusick would go to jail and Antonio would be charged with manslaughter. No, Voight and, Inter- and Rusick would get fired. Oh, yeah. And then yes, Antonio yes. would be the only one who actually gets, they would just get fired. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but still. Yeah. I have no idea how yeah. this is going to end. It scares me. No. Yeah, but basically, so, side note, but not really as important, they track down Leo Hernandez, he's running to protect his family, blah, 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 but Voight kind of convinces him to talk to Bradley, but in the end of the episode, Antonio and Kim are watching Brennan's press conference on the rumors around the serial killer case being, you know, Kelton hiding that whole thing, and what does she do? Brennan, in her press conference, instead takes the fall for the whole damn thing. What the hell? But actually, though, what the hell? What kind of dirt does he have on her? I don't know. Jeez. Yeah, because, you know, apparently, as we find out later, you know, Kelton offered her a deal and, you know, basically wouldn't say anything about her participation like, you know, come clean and, like, take him down, take her down with him if she took the fall for him. So what dirt could Kelton possibly have on Voight to use against him as leverage in the finale? I don't know. I wonder if Kelton, I mean, obviously, the easy one would be for Kelton to be like, listen, I know Antonio killed that guy at the midseason finale. But what if Kelton's like, I know Al didn't kill... Justin's killer. I know you did. Dun, dun, dun. But that would kind of be redundant, wouldn't it? It would be like, can we just, like, move on? Kind of. But still, that would be a twist. It would. Um, but, I mean, I, he even said, you know, what he even says at one point, he's like, Kate, I'm worried about you. And she's like, don't worry about me. Like, worry about yourself. Like, mm-hmm. Kelton is coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what scares me? Cause what? Because in the promo, basically they lead up to it, and you see it's Halstead and Burgess and Atwater, and they, like, look under some sheet or something, and they show up at some address, and they're, like, shocked, right? 
What if that's the cliffhanger? What if we don't know who they're looking at? That would be crazy. Isn't that what they were, or we're assuming they were, like, when they were all filming on set that one day? And then Jesse was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, that video that you reposted. Yeah, yeah. When Jesse was like, someone dies. And Marina's like, fuck, that was not me who said that. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that's not the cliffhanger because, like, I really don't want to deal with that for three months, four months, however long we have to. Oh, Lord. Don't even remind me. I know. I'm just, I'm getting into that mode now where I, like, mentally prep for the worst. Don't even remind me, Gina. I know. I know. Um, so Allison had just made a comment and she said, I did not see the Brennan twist coming, but for the people suggesting Boyd for mayor, I can't see that happening at all. He doesn't have the patience or temperament to deal with public appearances and all that. And isn't he the one that Lindsay always said or said always taught them to never get their picture in the paper? He's a behind the scenes kind of guy. Absolutely. Voight would hate it. 100 percent. Yeah. You hate it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And for he'd sure. be like, he would get himself in hot water all the time. He'd be like, I don't know what the fuck you criminals are doing. Like, fucking stop it. He'd be like on, on TV and stuff, and they'd be like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, guess the basics. And we had a couple questions. Um, Jamie said, on a scale of just talking to a suspect in the cage to getting revenge for Justin. How far do you think Voight will go to take down Kelton and save intelligence? Do you worry they'll go too far? I think personal Voight's personal brand of justice is always te- teetering on the edge. I don't think he'll kill anybody for this. I think it'll be somewhere in the middle. He'll do something shady, but I don't think he'll murder anybody. Yeah, hence why it's in the middle of just talking to a suspect in the cage and murdering. How did the suspect in the cage come up with all these phantom wounds? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He just started bleeding on his own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you worry they'll go too far? Like, do I worry Voight will go too far? Yeah, or even just, like, all of intelligence. Because remember, next week is, you know, Voight's basically like, yo, we're all working off book this week. I don't worry about the unit going too far. Um... Because Voight always tends to, that is one thing that Voight does very well, is that he looks out for the unit and he stops them just before they're about to, like, cross a line. Um, I don't know. I'm not really worried Voight's going to go too far, unless he does something that's going to put somebody at risk. Like, if Voight does something that gets Antonio killed and that's how he leaves, yes, I'm worried about that. That's too far. But... No, I'm not really worried. I probably shouldn't say that because now that I've said that, something terrible is probably going to happen. But I don't know. How do you yeah. feel? I don't really know. I mean, I don't think he'll go too far. But, like, if he does, it wouldn't surprise me kind of thing, you know? Right. So, I don't know. Right, right. Um, and then Allison just said, why is it that the mayor can decide to disband a CPD unit? Wouldn't that be the police superintendent if that's really what Kelton wanted to do? Isn't he high up enough now to do it? That seems like a decision would be well below the mayor. It's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know the actual answer to that, Allison, but I would assume that that's true. But why does the mayor get to make that decision? That's weird. 
uh, what if the mayor doesn't actually make that decision and just Kelton wants to do it when he becomes mayor? Why would he become mayor if he could just do it now? Power. Dodge, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he wants to be mayor of Chicago for other reasons, but. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. That's a good question. It's a very good question, and I don't know the answer to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not ready for these finales. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for all three of them back to back to back. I'm scared. Like, straight up. <laughs> About all of them? Yes. All of them. I'm scared by the yeah. time I get to PD, I'm going to be like, fuck, I can't take another one. Like, please stop it. Like, I'm nervous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, I love having them all in one night, but like, fuck, not for finales, man. Exactly. So. Yeah, I hear that. So, yeah, not a lot of personal stuff, not a lot of relationship stuff in this episode. Um, the promo had that one brief Upstead moment. That was about it. But any other yeah. notes about PD? Is that about that? Is that about it? No, I think that's it. Alrighty. Well, the penultimate episodes are done. They're under our belt. We've seen them. Uh, yeah, as always, guys, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Meet us at Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime about anything. Seriously. Um, meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. If you like the show, which we really, really hope you do, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate that. Especially on the review front, because we have reviews. It's just that they're international, so they don't show up on the American iTunes page. It's weird. But yes, um, if you like the show, please, please, please leave us a rating and review. We'd greatly appreciate that. Um, Normal schedule. Monday, our interview with Derek Haas will drop. Tuesday, our interview with Jeff Dreyer and Stephen Hootstein will drop. And then Wednesday's the finale. You'll hear from us Friday. Um, Yeah, so normal schedule. Um, And yeah, that's about all I've got. So follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna? I am at Brennicate13. I'll just throw something in there. Since we haven't recorded with Jeff and Steve, if you still have questions, get them in by Monday. Yes, yes. Questions for Jeff and Steve. Please do. And, yeah, otherwise, everybody have a good weekend. Take some time to chill because Wednesday is going to be insane. Um, And, yeah, we'll see you guys on Monday. So, bye.